You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good, good. Had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Counting down 364 days to the next big time meal. Not you even know, again I, until then. I, I really thought I was going to get some backlash for my. It's not necessarily anti-Thanksgiving because I, I dig the having the couple of days off and really, I mean, you kind of get a whole week off. I mean, you screw around Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday you just sort of uh, piddle around because you know you got the next two days off, and everybody sort of you know, got their mind on vacay. And uh, so, I mean, I, I dig that part and I dig the iron bowl usually on Thanksgiving weekend, but uh, the food, the food's uh, not good. Although I will say my parents, my parents did a good job this year. They, they've had cream corn for me, which I love like soul food, cream corn, not Del Monte canned soupy ass cream corn. I like the real stuff <laughs> and um, turnip greens, which were good. Um and what else? Do, uh, my my wife bought some baby bites from this place in Birmingham, which are just unbelievable. If you've ever been there, what is that? The well, name is place to call, but it's great. Uh, these little, little little baby cakes. They're kind of shaped like a bell, and then they got enough icing on there to choke a Jurassic goat. And you just like you can just pop them in your mouth like it hurts. And the next thing you know, you've got diabetes. But it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just a minor side effect. So, and you know, I'm still like, even at 48 years old, I'm still the guy that goes out. We had my daughter who's four, um, my other three children were in Ohio, but I had a, a nephew, a 10 year old nephew, um, and then nine of 14 and I think a 12 year old or 11 year old, um, that are cousins that were all there. And we went out there and just played football. Like I was the uncle that does that. Oh, nice. I don't want to sit around and talk with the adults. You know, there's a word for that now. You know, there's a word for that, for what you did that's kind of sweeping the nation. What's that? It's called the Turkey Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah, but this, yeah, I I know that. But this is when families play football on Thanksgiving out in the yard and the families, and it's just called the Turkey Bowl nationally. Yeah, but this isn't this isn't like that formal. I mean, we were out there like in my parents' backyard dodging Great Dane dog poop. I mean, we weren't this wasn't like anything organized, you know. Um, but it was fun. We had a good time, and and like I don't want to talk to the adults because even at forty eight, I mean, I'm sort of like, I just, why, why do I want to talk to y'all? I mean, y'all are going. Somebody's going to be for Biden. Somebody's going to be for Trump. I'd rather just be out here throwing the football. I mean, I'm I'm football centric. So, and it doesn't matter which president it is. I feel like I'm going to get screwed either way. So it doesn't matter. Here we go. Um, <laughs> it's probably the truest uh, thing ever said. I hope that uh, everybody did have a fantastic Thanksgiving, though, and I hope that it continues. I think, Jimmy, let's start out, even though everything's going to be all Iron Bowl uh, for the rest of the podcast, for the time being, let's just talk about the Alabama basketball game that took place on Wednesday night. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you watched it. Yes. Okay, I good. did. Uh, uh, this is going to be an awkward and, uh, podcast if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I, I, we, you know, we didn't shoot the ball great, and, and I do think this is what this is what I think. You know, you can't make too many, you know, sweeping assumptions based on one game when there's tw- you know twenty seven you know scheduled to be played. Mm-hmm. You, you you just can't you know watch one game and go okay this is who we are, but. 
I think even though this isn't exactly uh, breaking the atom analytically, I think this is what this Alabama team is. I think we're good or even really good based on how athletic we are and the depth and Javon Quinterly at point guard. I, I think we're, we're good to really good, period. Where we're great is on the nights we shoot well, and, and, and we didn't shoot it well Wednesday. But you could tell on nights that we knock down those shots, and there will be nights we knock down those shots because we do have a handful of talented shooters. On the nights we knock down shots, I bet, Luke, we can play with anybody. There is no one that wants a piece of Alabama on the nights we shoot well. When we don't shoot well, and there's going to be nights like that, and Wednesday was one of them, we're more vulnerable to getting beat by good teams, but you better be really good uh, to, to beat Alabama this year. Uh, again, shame we didn't shoot it well. Only Quinterly and John Petty made more than one three-point shot, and, and I think there's going to be nights that that, that just doesn't happen. But uh, two kids I was really impressed with that were new was, of course, Javon Quinterly at the point who looked – for a sophomore who hadn't played much, I thought Quinterly looked very seasoned. He looked like a veteran player. He didn't look like a young player to me. He looked like a veteran player. Uh, he's going to be a very good floor leader. He doesn't have Kyra's explosiveness, but who the heck does? That's why Kyra was the 13th pick in the draft. But Quinterly looked like a seasoned veteran point guard that knows exactly what he's doing. So it's not a weak spot for Alabama at all. I was really impressed with Quinterly. And uh, I was also impressed with James Rojas, who didn't play a ton, but he played quite a bit. And I thought he was our best inside player this particular night. I don't know if that will hold up all, all year, but Rojas has a good inside body. Uh, he can rebound. He's a good athlete. He showed some ability to score. Uh, I think Rojas, James Rojas, is going to be a really good player. I doubt he'll be a star, but he'll be a good player. So, uh, you know, nice nice way to start the year because uh, I thought they played hard and defensively played well, and uh, this, there's, there's a lot of good times ahead for this basketball team. First of all, I don't think you break an atom. I think you split it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I break mine. <laughs> Unless you're talking about a dude named Adam. You just broke his spirit, um, or you broke him financially. I, I don't know, uh, but yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, "Is wait a minute?" You know, it's one of those things where it's sort of like uh, the, the when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor and, and was it over, and and you think, "Wait a minute, the Germans?" No, 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 that's not right. But you forget that, like. You, you, for a minute, you think you're the dumbass because you're like, but anyway, Man, they flew a long, they flew a long way to get there. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, a um, couple of my observations: Jaden Shackelford with nine rebounds at the half, and he finished with a double double. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous uh, for Jaden Shackelford. You wouldn't think. Let me say this too, uh, and I only put this in the context of um watching the Auburn game yesterday too. I don't feel like we look that long. Well, I think we're athletic. Yeah. We don't seem to be that long. Now Herb Jones is long. Um but I didn't see uh, I I feel like we got so many varying body types. And I watched Auburn yeah. and they look like they've got a bunch of tall lanky dudes and then one good white shooter. 
That, that's what it looked like. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I'm, I'm calling him white not to point it. Well, just saying that's how it, Justin Powell, maybe Jordan Powell. But anyway, um, so uh, I did like the team, and and you're right about the shooting. We're we're good. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're good. I think we're going to be very good. Um, I, I just feel like we still. I think everybody needs to keep in mind this is still year two. One thing that um, concerns me, and I'm not trying to call out any players. I, I, I felt like Alec Reese looked like a square peg round hole guy out there because it, even in um, a situation where I didn't think we were super long, we look athletic, just not super long. He just looked like he looked out of place out there, and it looked like his confidence was gone, and it was just body language uh, to me. It wasn't anything else, but it just – Man, and then the other thing was all this talk. Um, and I, I know I'm trying. I'm being super negative here, but uh, all this talk about Herb Jones shots. I think he did hit a three, if I remember right. But he hit um, one three. Yeah, but the finishing at the rim was yeah. still not there. And that's man. I, I don't want him to. I don't care if he hits a three. I want him to finish at the rim. He's still the best defender in the conference, if not the country. There's no doubt about that. He w- he was all over the place, and I loved it. I love that hustle. He is going to go down as an all-time favorite. Um, but I, I don't care about him hitting threes. We got dudes that can hit three. Petty, Shackelford, Quinterly, all those dudes. I think even Primo can probably hit the three. I mean, we we got dudes that can hit threes. I don't yeah, care I about mentioned him as a standout. I mean, Primo flashed. Yeah. He reminded me, how about this strange comparison? Primo reminded me of Bryce Young. He he didn't play a lot, and maybe he doesn't need to be out there playing 35 minutes right now because we got another guy to play that position. But Primo flashed like, whoa, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he had some moves. Gonna, he's going to be a dude. He's yeah, going to be he, a dude. He's definitely going to be a dude, um, I, and I like him a lot. And, he, you know, he just needs experience. Um, it wasn't the best performance, but – that's the thing. It wasn't the best performance, and we covered the spread easily. Um, and here's the other thing. I think this team, given the fact uh, that we have the seasoned guys like uh, Petty um, and even Herb Jones to an expense, extent, even though Herb just – he feeds off his own defense, I guess. Um, I would think that most of our guys would would be – guys playing better in front of a home crowd that gets them juiced up. And that probably goes for any basketball team. But for us, especially, I mean, you know, Rojas hadn't played competitive basketball now in two years. Um, Primo hadn't played and he's, he's only a, he's younger than he, than a true freshman. Um, Right. You got all these guys coming in. And I think same thing with miles, right? Miles was at IMG. I'm not sure how old he is, but, but miles is just a true freshman. So yeah, he's another young guy. Point being that I think that if we had had a crowd at Coleman, I think we would have looked even better, and I think we would have shot better. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. Look, I'm happy. I'm thrilled with what we did, and I didn't mean to start off. I'm not saying Alex Reese cannot contribute to this team. That is not what I'm saying at all. I think that um, Alex Reese is good, and he certainly had his moments at Alabama. But uh, I feel like his body language to me out there. It felt like he didn't feel like he belonged, and I want him to. He's got to be confident enough as right. as one of the elder statesman to be the leader. He's got. He might not be, you know, a guy. He might average two points a game, but he's going to be able to affect the game with just a few minutes That's he's right. out there. And I think right now he doesn't need to be a fifteen minute guy. I don't know how many minutes he got. He needs to be a six to eight minute guy. You know. Right. Well, the thing about Alex Reese and. and you know, we could do a whole, a whole show on Alex, and he'd probably hate it. But <laughs> we probably do a whole show on Alex. But 
it, he's kind of exemplifies what what has what what hasn't gone great for the program at times, and that is that Alex is a really good at this level. He's a really good role player, but because of all the injuries and us having a yeah. short-handed roster last year, he had to play a ton of minutes. And <laughs> when a role player plays a ton of minutes, I think the fans tend to focus on what he doesn't do well as opposed to what he does do well. And with Alex, it's this simple. He he's a high-level player at, at in the SEC at one thing, and that is he has an inside player's body, he has an inside player's length, and because he can shoot the ball from the perimeter, he can get the other team's inside players out of the paint because yeah. they have to go out to find him and defend him on the perimeter. He'll have a big guy guarding him, and now we're getting their big guy away from the basket, which is invaluable. But, but that can only help us if Alex is actually hitting his shots. And, and many times he does. I think he's an outstanding shooter for his size. He's outstanding for his size, but he's not outstanding every single night. He's not Jaden Shackelford right. out there, nor should anyone expect him to be. But Alex, for him to help us, he has to be hitting those shots. When Alex plays, you know, 12 minutes and is 0 for 5, you know, out there, that's probably not not helping us a lot. And, and then no. the fans get really negative on him. And you're right, he's not built like the rest of the guys on the team. And, you know, he's not a run-the-floor 40 minutes kind of a guy. Uh, but he's worked very hard to get where he is. We got to remember what he looked like when we signed him. He's much heavier when we signed him oh, uh, because, he, because he was recruited to play a different style. He wasn't recruited by Nate Oates. He was recruited by Avery Johnson to play an NBA style offense and defense. And, and he's built to do that. So then we bring in a guy who's, who's gone from the power ground game to the, to the Chuck and duck, <laughs> you know, football wise. And Alex had to lose a lot of weight and he did. And he's worked really hard. And I think he takes, way too much uh, negativity from the True. fans. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is he is an invaluable player, even at the SEC level, when he hits his shots. And I'm sure Nate Oates tell you the same thing in public or private. No, I totally agree. And I, I don't think he – I think he took some threes but didn't hit any the other night, um, right. which is another thing. No points. You know, here's another point that, that you – what you said made me think of this, that – Okay, he was sort of forced into more action due to injuries, due to you know all the transitions we had, et cetera. And so you're right because he was forced into doing something he probably wasn't ready to do, and he wasn't as good at it, which is natural. I mean, you know, you can't, I, I can't walk into NASA and be like, hey, land that rocket ship. I'll be like, oh shit, uh, hit the brakes. I don't know what to do. And uh, so that that's kind of the same thing. But now, see. He he's probably looking at, and this may be where my body language thing comes in. That he's probably looking at, like, okay, now I'm getting even lesser minutes than I was before because they've out they've recruited beyond me to the to more his style, right. and so he's probably dealing with some self doubt, which I totally understand. Um, but again, I think he's he can certainly help this team, um, and I, I look forward to when he settles into that role of. Uh, experienced senior leader who comes in and kicks ass for the six to ten minutes he's in the game, and even if he even if he doesn't show up in the box score, that's what I want to see out of him. And and, and right. the crucial three every now and again. So um, you can almost see you can almost see this coming that for fifteen or eighteen games he's the forgotten guy. He's he's the guy the fans don't get excited about. It's fifteen or eighteen games, and 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 he's playing fewer minutes. And then, then you can envision the headline sometime in mid-February or late February in a crucial conference game, and, and, the, and the, the first paragraph of the game story starts, uh, 
Alabama couldn't couldn't throw it in the ocean and down uh, down by eight in a crucial game for the for for second place in the SEC. Uh, all all hope looked lost, and then comes in Alex Reese, and and, and he, he he hits four or five three point shots down the stretch, and we beat Auburn or LSU or Tennessee uh, because Alex came off the bench, changed the nature of the game, hit some shots, and we win the game. You you can that's I almost feel that's inevitable. The thing is that's just going to happen, you know, once or twice. You know, it's not going to be game in and game out. Let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Coors Light is the beer of choice for this Thanksgiving weekend. Go get you some over at your Piggly Wiggly, over at your Winn-Dixie, over at your Walmart, over at your Kmart, over at your where if that's still open. Wherever you can get Coors Light, you go get them. Circle K, BP. I'm throwing in all these other places. Open these send us royalties. But Coors Light is where you want to go to relax. It's the beer made to chill. Go check out CoorsLight.com. You can find out all about this beer. It's incredibly delicious. It's uh, non-filling. It's just fantastic. It's everything you want. And you look cool drinking it. I don't want to tell you, I don't want to like, give away secrets here, but if you drink Coors Light, you're a little more popular with the ladies and or dudes, depending science. on what you're down with. Um, so Coors Light. Science. Yeah, that's just science, man. I mean, look, I, I read it on the internet. It doesn't lie. Go to CoorsLight.com. Coors Light is brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. Of course, of course we want you to celebrate responsibly. We definitely want you to celebrate responsibly after the Iron Bowl, unless you're not going to be driving anywhere and like you're uh, uh, you know, going to be hanging at the house and you're in a safe spot. Then you can celebrate irresponsibly for all I care when Alabama wins. I'm down with that. With the, Just proper, medical, with the proper medical care present. That's exactly. Yeah. You know what? Get you a doctor on hand and get you a bunch of Coors Light. And after the big Iron Bowl win, you can do what you want to. I kind of, I'm down with it. CoorsLight.com is the beer made to chill. Okay, Jimmy, let's get into this Iron Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Saban's out. <laughs> That's kind of a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, here come That's the storyline. So if we, do we want this to count? Does this will this count on Saban's record? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know who who keeps such records or how such decisions are made or how important that is. But but to me, yeah, it goes on Nick's record because Nick is one hundred percent responsible for the product on the on the on the grass. He's a hundred percent responsible for it. He recruited the team. They run his system. He hired the coaches. This is Nick Saban's program. Saturday, whether Nick Saban is there or not. So to me, it goes on Nick's record because this is his program. It's not Sark's. Uh, it also, I, I think to some extent, I mean, it goes on Sark's record as well uh, in the you sense that he is wins, going to me. You can't hit can't, your best. No. <laughs> can't lane, bro. It's Auburn. <laughs> yep. I would say it's more Nick than Sark, but, you know, is it Sark's game just because he's the one who's going to decide to go for it on fourth and one or not? I mean, that makes it his game. I, I don't know. To me, it's a bigger deal that Saban recruited the entire team, hired every coach, runs his offense, runs his defense. Uh, we're not going to just all of a sudden uh, play differently uh, Saturday. I, I think Saban has created such – I mean, look, Les Miles won a national championship at LSU, you know, three years after Nick Saban had left because of why? Nick Saban. And I'm not, not trying to take that all away from Les – because he deserves more credit than that. But the fact that who, who thinks Les Miles uh, would have won that 2007 national championship if he wasn't out there coaching all the players that Nick Saban had recruited to LSU? 
I mean, that's that's just true. Yeah, I agree and, uh, with that. But but you know, uh, it's it's a Nick Saban's team on Saturday, whether he's uh, he's there or not, and they're going to play like a Nick Saban team, not like a Steve Sarkeesian team. Okay, we lost Jimmy there for a second. We tend to lose Jimmy because he is using a a jitterbug phone. Um, It only has four numbers on it, and occasionally it doesn't pick up cell towers that were made after 1983. But, uh, Jimmy, I think we got you back now, brother. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I was saying, uh, you know, Nick – it's Nick Saban's team. It's not Sark's team. Uh, Sark is going to uh, decide to go for it on fourth and one. He's going to decide, uh, uh, you know, uh, whether to kick the field goal or, 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 or throw it in the end zone. But, you know, here, here's, here's where I think we're going to miss Nick the most and where people are missing this a little bit. Sark, even though this will be his first game as the head coach, uh, he has been the head coach of the offense for two years. I mean, Sark is the head coach of the offense. He makes all the decisions. He, he makes the game plan. He makes the play calls. And Nick Saban will be the first to tell you, with little to no input from Nick Saban at all, he has total confidence in Sark to run the offense. It's not Nick's area of expertise. It's Sark's. And Nick pretty much leaves him alone. I, I think anyone would tell you that that's true. So this will not be Sark's first game running, being completely responsible for the offense. He is every week. Where we're going to miss Nick Saban is on the other side of the ball, and that is where his area of expertise is. And we also have a less experienced, less proven defensive coordinator on that side of the ball. So having Nick Saban there to sort of help guide Pete Golding, keep Golding between the lines, change things if necessary, step in with suggestions and advice, that's where Nick is invaluable in terms of coaching during the game, and that's what we're going to miss uh, with all of the emphasis on Sark I think actually the emphasis should be on Pete Golding. This is sort of Golding's first game to run the defense without Nick Saban looking over his shoulder. So to me, that's where what the story is, is, you know, Sark will be just fine as head coach of the offense. Uh, can Pete Golding be just fine as head coach of the defense? The defense has played really well the last two or three games. Some of it has been the competition. Some of it has been the fact that Alabama's defense has improved but we're playing a better offense. We're playing a better quarterback than we've played in a while. And uh, to me, the emphasis or focus on this game is on Pete Golding and not Steve Sarkeesian. I think that's a good point. Jimmy, let's take another break. And when we come back, we'll give our predictions for the Iron Bowl. All right, Jimmy, give me what you got for prediction-wise. I think Alabama wins the game 42-17. I think that's right on or right around the number, the Vegas number. Uh, One thing about this game that people from across the country don't realize that will be tuning in on CBS, they think, oh, what a rivalry game, anything can happen. That's not the case in the Iron Bowl. In the Iron Bowl, throughout history, the best team has won this game. Whoever has had the better season, whoever has the better record, whoever's favored by Vegas – almost always wins the game. I think this game is a chalk game. It goes according to chalk most of the time. Vegas says Alabama's about 25 points better. I think Alabama wins by 25, uh, and I think they'll win around 42-17 to 17 behind another really good performance from Mac Jones, another really good performance from Najee Harris and Devontae Smith, the usual suspects. Auburn will have some success on offense because – they are balanced. Uh, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. 
Bo Nix, believe it or not, is probably the third best quarterback at worst Alabama has faced all season behind maybe Matt Corral and Kellen Mond. Uh, And I think Bo Nix will have his moments, but Auburn will not be able to sustain any sort of success or really threaten Alabama to win the game. So uh, Alabama 42, Auburn 17. I like that prediction. Um, And here's my thing. That if I bet on this game, and there is at least a 50-50 shot on that, um, then I'm probably going to bet on Auburn. Now, my thinking on that always is if I bet on Auburn and um, I, in a game like this, I can be happy both ways. If Alabama wins by 20, I mean, hey, I'm happy both ways. I won money and uh, 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 Alabama won the game. So that's, that's my thinking there. And if I were to tell somebody to bet on this game, if I were Jimmy the Greeking this thing, I would say bet on Auburn because um, I really believe that line is high. But here's where I'm in a uh, paradox of a conundrum of a, a riddle that I personally think the score will wind up being 45 to 20. <laughs> So I'm telling you to bet on Auburn. I'm saying I'm going to bet on Auburn. And then my prediction is Alabama covers. And I don't know that that is the only way to predict an iron bowl because everything is so wonky in this game. Now it's wonky in the sense that you're right about the, the favorite team usually wins. Although you could make the argument that I guess the last, what the last three times Auburn has won or last four times Auburn has won 10, 13, 17, 19, Alabama was favored in all of those. So, but Alabama has been favored in every game of the iron bowl since 2008. Been favored in every um, game since 2008. I think, I think we weren't in Clemson, maybe in 18. I don't remember. But here's the thing, like last year, um, you know, they have two pick sixes. One is a butt interception. Uh, we doink a field goal. So uh, Vegas had it about right last year. Uh, it's just that you can't <laughs> – when Vegas is figuring this shit out, they can't say, oh, we think something's going to bounce off Najee Harris' posterior. Yeah. No, that, that don't think about that. Um, now, yeah. 2017 was a different animal because Auburn did just sort of beat us and – you know, they, they just beat us that game. That's the one game I feel like Auburn has truly beaten Alabama. Like the other games, I mean, yeah, they went on the scoreboard. I get it. It counts as a W. All that shit's true. Um, but the, the one game that they beat us was 2017. Um, but then the other ones, you know, Alabama had the lead in, in all of them uh, and, and right. just couldn't, couldn't get it done. Almost so all of those I'm gonna, games have been over there, you know, except, I mean, the yeah. games that you're referring to uh, other than 2010. Yeah. So I'm going to say 20, 45 to 20. Um, I'm hoping, honestly, that we don't allow them to score that much. I still feel like I'm, I'm very concerned about a COVID situation for either team. Now, I'm not, I'm not as concerned if it happens with Auburn, but I feel like there's going to be somebody missing somewhere because I know Auburn had some COVID stuff the previous week. Uh, Alabama actually had some COVID stuff the previous week it just wasn't any starters so um it wouldn't shock me if somebody's missing that normally plays and um uh, it's going to be the the most interesting matchups to me are going to be who who do we put on who do we put on anthony schwartz i'm going to say probably Job on schwartz and patrick sertan on on seth williams wouldn't you think I think both of them – I mean, shorts is impossible to match up with. I mean, in terms of, hey, if it's a foot race, you're going to lose. I don't care if it's Sertan or Job or anybody else. I means the fastest kid in the conference. So uh, if it's a foot race, you're gonna, you, what you have to do 
defensively, what you have to do if you're defending Schwartz is don't let it turn to a foot race. Be very physical with him at, at the line of scrimmage. And Sertan and Job are big kids. So I think they're well-suited to sort of physical Schwartz and, 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 and body him out of foot races. And as for Seth Williams, uh, you know, he's a really good player. He's going to play in the NFL. I think he's a, a, a talented kid. But what Seth is really good at is winning those 50-50 balls because he has such a good body. He's such a good basketball player. You can almost see he wins those 50-50 balls because he's a, he's a gifted rebounder. I mean, he uses his body well to position himself. Well, Sertan and Job uh, are very good at that as well. They're big corners. So uh, I think it's a good matchup for Alabama uh, against those two. Uh, and while I'm sure I won't be shocked if Schwartz has his moment and, and has a big play and Seth has his moment and has a big play, uh, Alabama wins the game if they limit Schwartz to his big play and Seth to his big play, and that's all they get. No, I agree with you. And here's the other thing. Schwartz ain't going to win a 50-50 ball. Now, watch, I say that, and, like, he'll win four of them this weekend. But um, he he doesn't fight for the ball because he's so used to outrunning everybody. That's just what he does. He's good at it. Don't get me wrong. He's really good at it. He's, he's a fast dude. I mean, you know, you may not like Auburn, but it says Anthony Schwartz is fast. Um, no doubt. So, in the end, all right, well, that, that does it, I guess, Jimmy. Uh, I hope you go out and have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. I hope that uh, Alabama comes home with a victory. And, um, you know, y'all have fun down there. Are you going to the game? Uh, we'll be in Tuscaloosa, not in the stadium, but in Tuscaloosa. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I, yep. I should be there. I got invited to sit in a box uh, oh, by a, a, a fantastic friend of mine that uh, I'm a, truly appreciate now more than ever. And uh, so I might have to give him some of my royalty checks from Coors Light for this but anyway um hi buddy we will talk again on sunday after the iron bowl uh roll tide everybody roll tide